It's good news. It's the best news, the best news we could ever hope for, the best news we would never have hoped for because it just seems too good to be true. Uh, we remember today that Christ is risen indeed. It's uh, worthy of gathering together, it's worthy of singing together, it's worthy of actually uh, giving our life to this good news that Jesus is no longer dead, he is risen. And if he is risen, then we can rise as well. That's the hope of Easter. Let's pray and give thanks to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, as we gather here, we gather as a people, those still walking through the valley of the shadow of tears, uh, those still uh, facing the reality of a physical death, we do so without fear because we know that Jesus has gone ahead of us. We understand that death is the consequence of sin and on the cross, Jesus paid for our sin. And that meant that death could not keep its hold on him, and nor does it any longer have any hold on us, those who have our faith in Jesus. Father, we ask that you would help us, therefore, to praise Jesus today, to remain uh, faithful to him, to keep trusting in him, that we might receive the eternal life that he has won for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I imagine some of you may remember the ad campaign uh, back or the product launch back in the 70s, I think it was, for Johnson & Johnson's No More Tears Formula Shampoo. Anyone? Yes? Did anyone use the No More Tears Formula Shampoo on their children? Did it stop the tears? No, okay, yeah, yeah. So like a lot of uh, advertising, perhaps it had uh, two grand expectations. Uh, and yet they, they struck on something, didn't they? It was a formula, at least the advertising formula, uh, that worked. Uh, people were very keen to do anything to avoid tears at bath time, as the product promised to do. But I reckon it would have been an even more successful product if Johnson & Johnson had advertised it as the remedy, the formula, for all tears. Imagine that, you know? Broken leg, splash on a bit of no more tears formula fixed you know suffering from depression just pour on a bit of no more tears formula fixed wouldn't that be great if there was a formula that could actually deal with uh, even bigger problems than the tears at bath time but today is easter sunday and today is a day to celebrate good news not fake news or false hope false advertising not wishful thinking, not just putting on a brave face, today is a day to celebrate the wonderfully true and incredible good news that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, God in his mercy and grace has provided a far better solution to our problems than Johnson & Johnson's No More Tears formula. Now, Easter Sunday, the first Easter Sunday, was a day that started with tears but those tears quickly turned to rejoicing. Now, the particular tears that I want to draw your attention to this morning are those that we read about in John chapter 20 earlier. So I hope uh, you've got a Bible or are able to see uh, the text there in front of you. Uh, we started at verse 11. Uh, Mary's first visit to the tomb actually uh, starts in verse 1. And it's her tears that we're interested in. Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary has a very good reason to cry. Mary uh, first met Jesus a few years earlier when he cast seven demons out of her. 
And as a result, she had become one of his followers, one of his inner circle, if you like. She went everywhere with Jesus. She knew him well. She loved him. But like the rest of Jesus' followers, she'd been, just been through the horrible ordeal of seeing her master and her teacher crucified. How she must have wished that day could start again. But of course it couldn't. And Mary's grief would still have been very fresh as she made her way to the tomb to attend to Jesus' body. She must have thought that morning that things couldn't get any worse. But then they did. Because when she arrived at the tomb, she saw that the stone that had been over the entrance had been rolled away. And she quickly ran back to tell Peter and John, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Imagine that. Mary had lost Jesus on the cross and now she is losing him all over again at the empty tomb. Not even able to say goodbye and lay him to rest. Now hearing the news, Peter and John ran ahead of Mary to the tomb And they found that it was just as she had said, empty, or almost empty. The cloth that had been used to wrap Jesus' body and his head were there, but it was true. The body itself was gone. Now, they weren't sure what this meant. They were puzzled, but they just went back home. But Mary stayed. Mary stayed there at the tomb, not knowing where to go or what to do. And all she could do was weep. But picking it up again in verse 11, as she wept, she bent over again to look into the tomb and saw that it was no longer empty. In fact, two angels sat where Jesus' body had been and they spoke words to her, asking her, Woman, why are you crying? Mary explained the reason to them for her tears that she had lost Jesus and she didn't know where to find him. But it turns out that's okay because Jesus knew where to find her. And in verse 14, we read the most incredible words. She turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. Those words may not sound That amazing, but think again. How is that possible? Jesus was dead, and yet there he was, standing there, very much alive. Now we'll come back to think about that some more in just a minute. But there's Jesus, and he asks her the same question that the angels had asked her Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? It seems that Mary's brain can't quite process what her eyes can see, and and fair enough. She thinks he must be the gardener or something and that he might know where Jesus' body is. So she asks for his help. And then in reply, she hears the sweetest sound. It's the sound of his voice. Not the voice of a gardener. His voice speaking her name, Mary. And Mary turns to him again knowing who he is now, and just says one word, teacher, and she throws herself at him, no doubt determined to never lose him again. But Jesus can't stay. 
he has work to do and she can't stay either because she has work to do. She has to carry the good news. Jesus is alive and he's returning to the Father, to his Father and ours, to be with his God, his God and ours. And Mary Magdalene, it was her job to carry that good news back to the disciples and she did. She did, a faithful follower of Jesus all the way to the end and now beyond the end. She takes the message back to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And if she spoke those words through tears, they could only have been tears of joy. Now, you know, John, who wrote this record of the events of Easter, this gospel, also wrote some other parts of the New Testament, including the final book, uh, Revelation, that John read from for us earlier. And towards the end of that book, in which he recounts a vision from God of what was and is and is to come, John describes a scene that will occur at the end of time as we know it. A time when God will make everything new. And listen to how John describes that as it was revealed to him by the Lord. Revelation 21 verses 3 and 4. And hear in your mind the words of Jesus, why are you crying? I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Now that description of a world without death or mourning or crying or tears sounds too good to be true, really, doesn't it? In this world of masks and disease and sadness and death. It sounds too good to be true unless what we read about Jesus' resurrection is true. And we can be certain that it is. We can be certain that the future is assured because it's already begun in the resurrection of Jesus. Remember those words of Jesus to Mary, woman, why are you crying? You're looking for a dead man, but you won't find him here. Let me wipe those tears from your eyes, Mary, because the days of mourning are over. Yes, I was dead. But now I'm alive. I've been made new and I'm returning to my Father to make all things new. Friends, when we're outside on Friday, we heard that when Jesus died on the cross, he did it to deal with our past. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. He took on our guilt, remember, so that we could be forgiven. He made it possible for us to leave our past in the past when we put our trust in him. That was the job that he was sent to do and he got it done. It is finished. It's finished, but it's not over. The cross isn't the end of the story. And Jesus doesn't just deal with our past. He also secures our future. 
Because when Jesus paid the ransom for sin through the cross, he broke the power of sin so completely that even death, sin's consequence and constant companion, was overcome. As Peter declared on the day of Pentecost, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on Jesus. Try as it might, Jesus overpowered the grave. And if death, the final enemy, has been defeated, then eternal life is already guaranteed for everyone who has their trust in Jesus. So yes, as you know, in this life you will have trouble. And Jesus promised it would be so. And so there will be times when tears are appropriate. But trust in Jesus and know that your past is gone and your future is sure and that one day you will lift your head and weep no more. Let's give thanks to Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, the mind boggles at what you have achieved in Christ. In reality, we are really no more able to grasp this than Mary was when she stood there at the tomb looking for a dead man and finding a live one. It is too strange, too wonderful for us to fully grasp. It is so strange that perhaps we we struggle to even believe it or comprehend it. That death that we know lurks at the end of every life should not be the end sounds too good to be true. And so we ask that you would simply give us the gift of faith. We thank you that you do have a no more tears formula. The cross plus the empty tomb equals eternal life where every tear is wiped away. And so we ask that you would help us to put our trust in that formula knowing that it's not just something that advertisers have come up with, but something that you achieved through your son in his life and his death for us and his resurrection to eternal life. Give us this hope and faith, we pray today in Jesus' name. Amen.